welcome to our first podcast episode. To kick off our first episode, we will be learning more about the first national park. Without spoiling surprises, let's hear from our first guest. Please tell us your name and what national park you will be telling us about today. My name is Corbin Boyd, and I will be telling you about Yellowstone National Park. Give us a brief overview of the history of your national park and what types of plants and animals reside in your national park. Yellowstone was established as the world's first national park in 1872. How did Yellowstone get its name? It's named after the Yellowstone River, the major river running through it. The river gets its name from the Minnetree Indians, who called it Mitsisi Adazi, or Yellow Rock River, most likely due to the yellowish formations of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. Here are some cool checkpoints in Yellowstone's history. In 1872, Yellowstone National Park Protection Act establishes the first national park. In 1877, Nez Pierce flees the U.S. Army through Yellowstone Park. In 1883, the Northern Pacific Railroad reaches the north boundary of the park. In 1886, the U.S. Army arrives to administer the parks and its residents. Some very interesting animals out of there are bears, lots of bears, around 400 to 466. And did you know that there are over 600 different species of birds living there? The plants that live there are mostly like our backyard plants, like Mexican sage, foxtails, many things like that. Wow, very informative. If you're planning a trip to this national park, leaving from California, what is the best way to get there? How long will it take and what should you pack? One very nice route to go to Yellowstone is Beartooth Highway. One of the most dramatic approaches to Yellowstone, this National Scenic Byway winds a 68-mile serpentine route through Red Lodge in in Coke City, Montana. Now, the time to get there is all different for all of us, but from the area where we all live, I would say around 67 hours to 45 hours. Some very nice things that would be helpful to pack on your Yellowstone trip would be a day pack with enough capacity to carry extra clothes, water, lunch, a camera, binoculars, and field guides. A one quart or one liter water bottle is the minimum recommended amount of water to bring on your trip. You should bring a thermos for hot liquid, snacks so you don't starve, and sunglasses to protect against the the sun's rays, and sunscreen and lip protector. Sun at high altitude can burn unprotected skin quickly. Great. Thanks for the reminder. When you arrive, walk us through what we should do there in a day. What are some must-sees? Some very cool must-sees at Yellowstone is to watch the geysers erupt and see giant colorful hot springs. You should go take a hike and see wild animals like bears in their natural habitats. Don't forget to bring your bear spray. (laughs) Experience the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. It's not nearly as big as our Grand Canyon, but you get the point. (laughs) Take a hike in Yellowstone and Grand Titan Peaks and look at the colorful wildlife. Go rafting and paddling in one of Yellowstone's many lakes. Go camping on one of their trails and have a great time. Don't forget your marshmallows. Live the cowboy life on one of Yellowstone's many plains. Go fishing in one of their lakes. Maybe you could hit hit the load and get some nice salmon. <laughs> if we decide to stay a couple nights at the National Park, where are some places for lodging? Well, funny question. There are many different places to lodge. But some two of the most fam- more famous ones are the Old Faithful Inn. It's rated 4.3 out of 5, and 1.5 thousand people have rated it. 
It's 12.2 miles away from the Yellowstone, a good place to stay. Another one is called Lake Yellowstone Hotel. It's rated 4.1 out of 5, and 463 people have rated it. It's 12.5 miles away from Yellowstone. Great. Can you share any fun facts you know about the park? Half of the world's hydromolecular features are found at Yellowstone. Hydromolecular features are more like geysers, like those kind of things. Old Faithful isn't as reliable as its name. It, it's giant super volcano that's made to explode in around 100,000 years to a million years. So don't worry next time you go to Yellowstone that it's going to blow up. Great. To conclude our segment, what are some reasons why people should visit this national park? Well, there everybody has different opinions, but some of the really popular wives in hows to go to Yellowstone is because of stunning scenery, opportunities for outdoor adventure, wildlife sighting, open spaces, and the ability to stay away from crowds out in the wilderness. Great. Thank you, Corbin. hear from our next guest who will be sharing about alligators and more. What is your name and what national park will you be telling us about today? Hi, my name is Zach and the national park I will be talking about is the Everglades. Give us a brief overview of the history of your national park. What types of plants and animals reside in your national park? Well, Everglades became a national park on December 6, 1947. It is located in Florida and it was made a national park to conserve the natural landscape and prevent further degradation of its land, plants, and animals. It was the 374th National Park. People want to protect it because it provides water for more than 8 million people in Florida. The main animal there you will see is the American alligator. To be exact, the Everglades is home to 250,000 alligators. And the main types of plants there are the bromeliads, cacti and succulents, grasses, lichens, marine plants, algae, orchids, and wildflowers. Wow, that's great. Very informative. If you're planning a trip to this national park, leaving from California, what is the best way to get there? Well, the fastest way to get there is by plane, but if you were going to take a car... It would be a 40-hour car ride and is 2,769.5 miles from California. Wow. You should probably pack your camera, cotton clothing, and jeans, hiking boots, water, sunscreen, sunglasses, binoculars, bug spray, and, of course, questions. <laughs> nice. When you arrive, walk us through what we should do there in a day. What are some must-sees? One must-see is go to Shark Valley. Take an airboat ride you should definitely do. Um, take the Anahinga Trail for alligator sightings. Attend a ranger program. Go bird watch, but go bird watching because there are really amazing birds there. And take a slogging tour through the swamp. Wow, that all sounds very fun. If we decide to stay a couple nights at the national park, where are some places for lodging? The best lodge you can stay at is definitely the Waterfront Lodge, but there's also the Everglades Chicky Cottages, Ivy House Everglades Adventure Hotel. River Wilderness Waterfront Vias, and the South River Suites. Great. Can you share any fun facts you know about the park? Yes. The park is one of the largest wetlands in the world, but it used to be much larger. Also, it is the largest remaining subtropical left in North America. 
Next, it is composed of the largest contiguous of protected mangroves in the northern hemisphere. Last, it is home to unique, rare, and endangered species, including the wood stork, red-cocated woodpecker, the Everglades snail kite, and the rosy tern. And the most threatened animal in the Everglades is the Florida panther. There are currently only 70 to 100 left in the wild. Wow. Great. This has been very informative. To conclude our podcast episode, what are some reasons why people should visit this national park? Well, you should visit it because it has a very unique ecosystem. It isn't just a place to see alligators or anything. You should see it because it has a mix of endangered animals and the landscape make it truly unique. Visiting the Everglades can really be a once in a lifetime experience for you and your family. Thank you.